This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered legal, medical, or mental health advice. The views and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the podcast and are not intended to malign any religion, group, club, organization, business, individual, anyone, or anything. Hey y'all, Sarah here. Here's a replay of an A Little Bit Culty Patreon episode we originally published just for our lovely, lovely patrons. But now that it's been out there for a while, we asked our patrons and they said, go right ahead. Let people who haven't joined ALBC Patreon know what they're missing with our blessings. So here you go. You can get more bonus episodes plus ad-free flagship episodes and other fun stuff over on Patreon, including Lip Balm. Nope, it's not a cult. It's just a little bit culty. Find us at patreon.com slash a little bit culty. Hi, Dad. Hello. Hi, Dad-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, son-in-law. Welcome to A Little Bit Culty. This is a long time coming. Yeah, happy to be here. This is great. I hope, are you nervous? Um, uh, yeah, half and half. <laughs> not really. So for those who don't know you, can you give us a little preamble of where you're from and yeah. what you do and what Jim Edmondson's all about? Whoa. <laughs> That's a big question. Okay, so the work from the from from the now, which is that now I'm a private practitioner and I assist my partner in her quest to bring her particular approach to psychotherapy to the world, which is cutting edge and relates to the top neuroscientists in the world and also to the creativity, imagination and playfulness of the sand tray um, using a, a therapeutic model promoted by Virginia Satya, which is systemic and experiential. And I love that work. It relates to my interest in theater. And yeah, I'm originally from England, came to Canada in 1973 and um, brought up uh, Sarah, first of all, in another marriage, uh, brought up my son, Devin, and was a school teacher and then a school counselor for about 35 years and uh, retired in 2015. You're also a very talented folk singer. Uh, that's partially true. <laughs> the alter ego of Mr. Bojangles. <laughs> yes, Dad's nickname is Mr. Bojangles in yeah. the best possible way, but he's yeah. very good at the, on the guitar, incredible with harmony. And, and very good with our children. Incredible with our children. The best part, the reason he's here in Atlanta is that we're going to be in Boston on a speaking engagement, and he's here to be with the kids and take them to and from school and baseball games and couldn't think of a better person to take care of our kids because when they are finished with him, they are happier, mm -hmm. their math is better, their reading skills have improved, their social emotional skills are sharpened. Taller. And they're taller. <laughs> Bigger, stronger, faster. And uh, my dad will be the first to tell me, you know, what we need to work on as parents and <laughs> how the kids are doing. They've been therapized, assessed, supported, and loved deeply. So we're very happy oh, to it's so here. much fun. They're two great kids. Love being with him and so happy to be here. Well, the best part about the Patreon community is not a mere 20 minutes ago, we posted that we were going to do this and we already have 10 comments. And I thought I'd just ease you into this, this conversation with, this is from Heather Moss and she wants to know a funny story from you about when I was a little girl. She loves hilarious, precocious kid stories. So if you have anything off the top of your head. Oh, that's an easy one. Which one? I'm nervous. Uh, <laughs> you're two years old and we're visiting my parents in England and my parents are aristocrats, uh, and th there's a long, you know, 12-foot table, and um, there's food being delivered to, the, to the, uh, the people around the table. And the chairs have little sort of ears poking up at the back, and the dish that's being delivered in this case is... <laughs> 
slips out of the catches in the back of the, what do you call those, uh, oven mitts, and the dish sort of shoots out and lands on the lap of the uh, person uh, who they were serving. And uh, Sarah's response was, fucking Jesus. <laughs> Sorry to any, you Which know. Which is, you know, I mean, my dad is an Anglican minister and uh, my mom is very proper. So I do completely <laughs> the wrong thing and I drag her out of the room and scold her vociferously for, for saying this. And for the rest of the holiday, it was... Fucking Jesus, fucking Jesus, fucking Jesus. Yes, apparently when I was playing with my dolls, fucking Jesus, fucking Jesus. So that's a that's a famous Edmondson story for sure. I thought that would just warm you up a little bit, Dad. <laughs> easy wanna, peasy. Easy peasy. Do you want to ask this one? Tony Wormold, how does it feel to be the father and father-in-law to some of the coolest cats in town? All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. LOL. Hope you all have a nice visit. Thank you, Tony. So are you asking me something? The question was, you might have to articulate a little more. The question was, how does it feel to be the father and father-in-law to some of the coolest cats in town? All right. So every, however often these podcasts come out, I'm, I'm, I'm listening on, on a drive that I take to, to my partner's house just outside of Vancouver. And we and I look forward to them. I'm totally engaged with them. I learn from them. I'm impressed with them. Uh, and Thank you, Jim. I'm so glad that this podcast has come out of this awful situation that you've been through, both of you. Thank you, Jim. So for those who don't know your history with Nexium, I'll do a little summary because we've got lots of other more sort of intricate questions after the fact. Mm -hmm. But you watched me go through this. You saw me being very zealous at the beginning and mm -hmm. I tried to bring you in and you you were hesitant mm -hmm. at the beginning. And then you didn't. you took a five-day training five years later. What was that process like for you? In fact, one of the questions was, yeah, what was it like for you to see me go through it? You have experience well, in the field. The, that yeah. was the thing that made me want to take it was watching what happened to you as you went through the program and how, how it benefited your, you know, just your way of dealing with life, dealing with the trials and tribulations of, of being in a separated family situation, of uh, going to, growing up, going to university. It just seemed like things were really coming together for you as a result of doing this program. Yeah. And then what? And then at five years later, you d you decided to do it. What I think that's yeah. where I first met him. Was at it? his five-day? Yeah. yeah. You, were at his, you were at his first five-day training? I don't know if it was his five-day, but I think I met him at the center. You did meet me at the that's center. Cool. Yeah. And he was on a goal and had been on a goals program for a while, well, I think, when I first met you. What was your mm -hmm. first five-day like? Yeah, no, it was impressive. There was There was a bunch of things that made me feel pretty uncomfortable, apart from the fact that my... I had quite severe back pain throughout the entire experience. Did you uh, EM that? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> it's too much kneeling. No, yeah. just kidding. It was, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was impressive the way that, that the program got, got, you to, got me to examine myself, my internal world, and uh, take another look at it and see if I wanted to do some, some things better, differently. So it made me want to continue, and so that's what I did. So Tracy Southall? She wants to hear about your first impressions of Keith and Nancy and what did you think of V-Week? Any, huh. any details that you can share? Right. Okay, so my first impression of Nancy was 
this is the part of the program that was the first kind of big red flag was, you know, lots of discussion, lots of good techniques for getting people to talk about stuff. What is this? What is that? You know, uh, what is responsibility? And what do you mean by that? And all of that kind of yeah, you uh, love that. participatory involvement. And then Nancy comes on the screen and tells you what the answer is. <laughs> hmm. So that was my impression of Nancy. The working answer. The working and answer. And I use air quotes behind yeah. that. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, this is the answer we're working with. That's right. But memorize it and we'll indoctrinate <laughs> you with this That's right. Meeting. And there'll be a test. And there was a test and I failed twice <laughs> miserably. And my first impressions of, of, of Keith were, dis- I was disappointed actually. Yeah. yeah. There were, well, there were two impressions. One was him sitting in, in the front of the group at the YMCA camp where they held V-Week on the stage, uh, legs dangling over the stage, answering any questions that anybody had for him and answering them very succinctly and smartly, in my opinion. Uh, so that was on the one hand. On the other hand, I thought of this idea that I thought would be impressive for him to look at look at how people undergo change. And I, you know, I described to him this, you know, this diagram with the two marbles, one traveling down a 45 degree angle chute or channel and the other going in a curve, going straight down and then ending up at the same point as the one that went 45 degrees. And the one that gets there first, even though it looks like it's not going to, is the marble going straight down. And that's a mathematical phenomenon that mm-hmm. that's easily understood by people and could be easily demonstrated and shows you that if you don't make progress and you don't make progress and you don't make progress, and you suddenly make a lot of progress and go shooting forward in your life. Hmm. And his response to that was, yeah, well, that's good, but... And then he showed me a few diagrams uh, drawing in air, in the air, about what else could be done. It wasn't it wasn't the response of a leader. It wasn't the response of somebody who is encouraging, you know, ideas. I wasn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't impressed. So knowing what you know now, what do you think he was doing? I think he was demonstrating that there's, you know, I've got more work to do and that I need to pay attention to what he's saying and, and mm. not p- promote my, you know, version of it. Right. His, he put you in your place. Absolutely. He put me in my place, 100%. Hmm. Hmm. It wasn't thoughtful. It wasn't generous. It wasn't, I, it's not, not, not the behavior of a leader is what mm-hmm. I said to myself at the time. Hmm. It's the first time hearing that story. Yeah. Well, he's in prison. <laughs> yeah, I know. Doing, I'm super doing glad diagrams. about them. Yeah. He'd been doing diagrams on the wall. <laughs> so let me back up for a second. You did the five day and then you did the 11 day. So you finished your 16 day training and then you continued on with ethos. And I remember you being a very good student. You you came in with your sash and your I binder. Worked, I worked so hard. You really I worked were. so hard. I got, I, you know, I yeah. I, I, I look at the binders that I wrote and and the and the work that I did, and it's just the amount of time I put in was was phenomenal. Dad did all the homework. Did all the homework, That's right. and that came out of something that I learned, which was v- st- supremely valuable from the program, which is the concept of effort, work effort. You know, that's how you get forward in life is you put effort in and and there's no getting around that. You know, some I wonder are, what modality Keith stole that from. We haven't we haven't um, figured that out I yet. I think they call that physics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a simple, simple yeah. phenomenon, really. Right. And I think the value, at least, you know, in that arena that we're in is. You're not working unless you can measure tangible results. Yeah. Like there's virtual work. Yeah. And that distinction is valuable. Virtual work, which is a physics term. And then there's actual work where you have tangible results. And being in a community of people that are helping you measure your results and not bullshit yourself was valuable mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So you, you, you couldn't sell yourself 
the lie that you were you were working mm-hmm. when you weren't. Yeah, through virtual work. Right. It, it, exactly. That was one of the things. And if you had coaches that had really integrated that concept and could apply their acumen to how you were making decisions, you can make not necessarily decisions that are making you work harder, but work smarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All yeah. of that. Because hard work doesn't necessarily ensure success. No, no, no. no you know, no. You, if you're working hard, reality is going to tell you which direction to put that hard work, which is smart work. Yeah. And I think that's what I loved about the goals lab and, yeah, and all, all that, that other stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah. And you were also very diligent with your persistency. Those who don't remember, it's something you commit to doing every day, anything from flossing to 30 minutes of your taxes. What were your persistencies? Do you remember? Uh, the big one was managing my reactivity and that was done with a combination of skills which I learned from the program, one of which was token gesture that that you do for yourself, not for others, but you you do some kind of movement with your hands or your body or whatever, which steer you in the right direction so you're not so fucking reactive to things and you can you make considered decisions. So I found that very helpful. I'm just giving you a gold star. Yeah, well, gold I mean, you lose like 30 pounds. You lost a lot I of weight. I did lose a lot yeah. of weight. Yeah, were, I, lost, you, I lost 15 pounds f- yeah. at least. Yeah. Because you cut out carbs, I think, and you were being cut consistent out carbs, with that. Ate less, exercised more. Yeah. And I mean, these are basic <laughs> goals, right? <laughs> well, I mean, everyone knows how to do it. It's getting the principles behind why you'd want to do it and getting you emotionally connected to it. Yeah, exactly. You know? And constant reminders will do that. Yeah. And I recall you also had some things that were like, made you uncomfortable or that were red flags along the way Mm. that you kind of dismissed because the good stuff was good. Mm -hmm. What were some of the things that you didn't agree with in the, in the dogma of the, of the Nexium program? Mm. Well, behind the dogma, I, I, I'd heard that, uh, Keith was very much in favor of Ayn Rand, whose book Atlas Shrugged, I read as, as a result of being in the program and found actually quite interesting. And there's some things about that, that view of the world, which is that humans are essentially creative, imaginative, and productive and inventive. And anything that gets in the way of those those features of humanity should be, you know, not accepted by society. But what she didn't and what the program d- didn't promote, well, it actually did talk about it, but it didn't promote it really, is the concept of interdependency, which is that everybody actually matters. I just find myself, I get quite emotional around that point. You know, it's it's all very well to be strongly independent and pushing your narrative and, and making it work for you. And, I, and that's of a great value in society. And we have to do it bringing people along through our influence. I think independence, I think we talked about this a little bit, is a misnomer. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's people that are independent of society. Mm. I think someone who's independent isn't seeing how they're an integral part of society. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. I, independent I, yeah. is someone's psychology. Someone who thinks they did, they got where they are by their by themselves, lacks gratitude, mm. lacks understanding mm. of all Good. the people that have a thumbprint on why they are. Good. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Because there's a couple of people in my life that behave like that. I'm like, mm. dude. It would seem to me with your level mm. of success, there would be more gratitude and an acknowledgement of the people that got you to where you are. Mm. And instead of an independent, I did it on my own, us against the world mentality. I just think that's... Well, that brings up another thought, which is, which is that, that uh, there was a lot of stuff in the program that, that in retrospect, we can, I realize now was, was geared to having people 
um, fall into line with his mm-hmm. under the table activities in the, in the program, yeah. namely well, the stuff that got him in prison. Yeah. Um, it was an obedience club. It was an obedience club, yeah. exactly. So his idea that that the definition of that he uses of independence, which you succinctly uh, redefined, is um, one of those. Yeah. So I know I'm skipping ahead like 12 years, but mm. did you ever have any concerns along the way that you shared with people? I know that. Um, oh yeah, all the time. Yeah, and how did you? What was raised to you? How how did you deal with it? How did I deal with their reaction? Their concerns, and were you ever concerned? Yeah, I mean, some of the the, the Ayn Rand thing was a big one. The the rejection of uh, uh, the climate crisis was another one. Those are big things for me at the time and still are. The whole creed notion that reciting a creed felt to me as a as an ex-religious person, a non-religious person now, but I was very religious at one point. In fact, I wanted to be a, a missionary when I was a 14-year-old. You know how many how many fourteen year olds do you know that wanted to be missionaries? It's stank of that kind of religiosity, which I have come to not agree with and and, mm-hmm. and don't like. You know, standing around, in reciting effectively a creed. Yeah, because you spent many years in boarding school, and your dad being, as you said, an Anglican minister. Yeah, reciting prayers and hymns, and yeah. and we've talked about your wonderful late mum, mm-hmm. Catherine Sanford, mm-hmm. Lady Catherine Edmondson, Lady Sanford, and, yeah. and how, you know, she had me baptized when you were out of the house, right? Just to cover all she the bases. Was bad. She, she was, was very, very naughty. Very we naughty. love her very much, but she was, well, she was making sure that I, you know, I wasn't going to go to hell, which is, yeah. you know, was, she had good intentions. <laughs> <laughs> but I know you rejected all that and maybe that's an, that's an episode for Another time. Well, I don't know. Yeah. About, I don't know about rejected. This, you know, there's a word in German, Glaufebungen, which means to transcend, preserve, and abolish all at the same time. And that's what it's about. You know, we, we take parts of civilization and we transcend, abolish, and preserve it. Um, I like that. Yeah, yeah, it is. German's yeah, great re- that way. Without rewriting it. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Persecuting people. Yeah, for it, yeah, absolutely. What's the term called? Aufbungen. Aufbungen. Bungen. Bungen. Aufbungen. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Yeah. So. When did you, like, obviously you had these concerns, but you supported me and you had your own kind of experience with the tools. At one point you were going to be a coach and then you right. decided not to be. <laughs> well, that was after I failed the test twice. Oh, geez. I got 33% and then 32% the second time I tried. <laughs> but also... Which was a deliberate tactic, I think. Because well, you could become a coach even if you fail the test. Because it meant that that meant that you would become a coach, but you would keep taking courses to improve yourself. I would give you the cheat code, Jim, if you had asked me. (laughs) But I think also Linda, my late stepmom, your late partner, late wife was... She nailed it right off the bat. She knew from the beginning. She used to always say things like, Keith, humanitarian. And I just thought that she didn't understand. She called him a charlatan from the the get-go. Yeah, she did. But she was not supportive of your growth in the company. No, she she wasn't. Not not in the company. She was supportive of, of, of my growth. She experienced it too. I mean, she benefited yeah. from it. There's no question about that. Yeah, but she wasn't keen on us doing this work together. I think that wasn't wasn't great for her that we had this club that we were oh, part I of. Oh, I see that she wasn't she was, part of. Yeah. yeah, no, that was that was certainly a problem for her. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then and then you sort of stepped back, so you weren't super involved when we got out, if I recall. Like you no, hadn't been taking no, classes I hadn't, for hadn't a while. No, I hadn't been taking classes for a while, and I hadn't been successful at recruiting anybody. <laughs> I was absolutely useless at that. Well, that's the other reason you couldn't become a coach. You didn't get your two people. No, no, I, I don't think I got anybody ever. <laughs> the way I talked to them, they go, Jim, are you nuts? Right. <laughs> yeah, I got that. None too. of my friends were 
that remotely interested. So when did you figure out that it was a cult? Oh, I wouldn't have used that word. I, 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 from my point of view, it was still a very good, useful program of personal for personal development. Just the fact that you know, at one point, somebody took a photograph of all the people that were in Annexium and 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 made up a collage of his face using their little tiny faces was, I mean, that was a that was a pretty telling sign that something was wrong. You know, this is oh, all about him. Image, yeah. You know those things where they yeah to take a lot of little images and make a big image. Yeah. And that was hanging in the center. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing says narcissist no. like an image no. of your face made up of images of your followers. That's right. Oh, that is so true. Okay. So moving right along. Well, I was going to cut to the point where yeah. someone suggested an intervention with us. Yeah, that we were still in. Didn't someone suggest an intervention? That we do something yeah. about it, that we yeah. call it, that yeah. we say something about it. Well, we talked about it all the time. Yeah. Yeah, because she was, yeah, she was more concerned about it than I was, definitely. And we thought about things we could do. I didn't discuss it with Linda so much because she was, she had never been supportive and mm-hmm. sort of threw the baby out with the bathwater. I was holding onto the baby. <laughs> As you do. As I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was our wedding like for you? The big one or the small one? You had two with <laughs> the, the big one. The big one? With having all the characters uh, there. Oh, I, you know, I mean, I think generally speaking, I'm against big pageantry, having grown up as an aristocratic son. You know, I see the value of pageantry, obviously, but generally pageantry is, it doesn't really move me. You and me both. Yeah. But there is a value to having something like that in society. You know, like my grandson winning the, getting the, the award after the, the game where he's, you know, scores a home run and gets three outs in baseball. Those kinds of things, that's, that is pageantry yeah. at a small level. Yeah. But the big stuff. And that wedding was super expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. (laughs) Jim, I tried. What was it like to watch us figure out that we were in a cult? This is from Rebecca Perry. To see your children go through something so harrowing. It was very painful. Very painful to see, you know, two intelligent people coming to a realization that they, you know, had made a mistake. And I found myself wanting to do two things. One, which was to support you and nurture you and and help you. And the other, and the other to just use everything that the program had taught me. And I know that you would, you too, were doing this for yourselves to to take take it down and take Keith down. So it it was uh, there was there was a feeling of of immense grief and also immense determination because this is obviously not just limited to the Nexium cult. It's a, a bigger issue in society which I've been campaigning for for all my life, which is making the world a better place and challenging. Abuse of power. Aaron, you stopped lost on me. <laughs> Did you, uh, I mean, it's my wife, your daughter, who was um, branded and then it was released in the media. You and I haven't really spoken about like, you know, I had my primal urges for sure. Mm. I've never really seen you get amped up unless the music's playing loud at Hornby Beach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at that one would, time. Yeah. At one time. I know what you're um, talking about. But did you have that go on with you? Did you have a, I'm going to get on a plane and (laughs) 
you know? Yeah, and 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 take him down. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't see myself. Yeah, no, that's that's a good question because it's a, na- it's a natural knee jerk response. One yeah. I had, I didn't yeah. really get to. Yeah, exercise. Oof. I, I, I'm not sure that I can honestly answer that question immediately. I'd probably have to think about it. It wasn't so much taking him down personally. It was taking, because you'd had much closer contact with him than I had. Mm-hmm. I, I really had had not, I'd had that one incident with the, you know, the diagram thing with the marbles going there. That was it, really. I mean, I hadn't had any other personal contact with him at all. It was more a question of taking down his false, the whole persona thing, yeah, and 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 the system that went with it, which was suddenly in clear technicolor, bringing mostly young women into a situation of abuse. And from um, Christina Hambrick, so it sounds like your parents handled it really well, which you did. Knowing what you know now, is there anything you'd do differently? Huh. Good question. Yeah, I would say trust your critical, intuitive faculties. I wish I had trusted my critical, intuitive faculties earlier and acted on them and just raised those questions, raised those thoughts as questions more and not been afraid to say to people who said, what does it mean that you're raising this question about you? And I say, well, what does it mean about you? Mm -hmm. What does it mean about Keith Raniere? What does it mean about the people who are at the center of the thing, that they are promoting this ridiculous nonsense of women who can't meet their goals have to lose calories as a result of, lo- of not making their goals. That's just straight nonsense. So you were aware of that when you were in it, the calorie stuff? Yeah. Well, you told me. After the fact. No, during. Yeah. I did? Because yeah. I wasn't doing that. No, you said that that's what they were saying, that Doss was saying. But I would have told you after because Doss was secret before we yeah, were, yeah. Yes. After, oh, yeah, after, okay, after right. it was out. Yeah, for sure. Right. So what would you, from Jennifer McIntosh, hello, Mr. Edmondson. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Any sage advice for a parent of an adult child who went through what we did? Yeah, I I think just basically that, you know, you have your intuition. Your intuition is a very powerful force which gets drummed out of our operating. It's put aside in favor of science and in favor of rationality and left brain thinking. And all of my work as a psychotherapist has been, in retrospect, has been driven by the the power of my right brain, which is primarily based on bodily reactions and intuition. And, you know, a psychotherapist who doesn't trust their intuition is going to get well, they're going to get somewhere, but they're not going to get very far. Mm-hmm. Trust your gut. Listen to your gut. All right, Jim. What's it like to see your kid helping so many folks on the other side of the Nexium shit show? And that's from Justin Underhill. Oh, that's just great. It's that, and it's bigger than that. I mean, the, this uh, the concept of abuse of power is so fun. It's also fundamental to our existence. Is is that people who've had power throughout history have oftentimes abused it. And uh, if we can move forward as a world civilization without that, then that's great. And I see this as part of that, that the cutting edge of that movement. I'm excited. I'm going to have to be some people that get taken down. Yeah, There's just no question about that. And Beverly Sutton asked a question that's been asked already, but she also said, I understand that you supported Sarah Nippy and, his, and their family in ways they really needed. Thank you for that. They've made a healing difference in the world too. Thank you, Beverly. No Thank kidding. you, Beverly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it, it's a funny combination of healing and a sort of almost aggressive, not aggressive, but determined and um, what's the word assertive determination. You know, it's 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 a two edged process that's that these that you two have been taking on doing. 
impressive. Those were the questions from our Patreon audience. Is there anything that you want people to know as my dad and Nippy's father-in-law? Yeah, just when it comes to power, look at the ways that power is being wielded. And if it's abusive, if your intuition is saying it's abusive, then use your critical faculties to figure out why and how it's abusive and fight those things. Thanks for being there for us. Thanks for being a support system. Thanks for not judging us once. The last thing people need in this situation is a critic, and I never felt that once with you. Good. So I appreciate that. And and probably in times when I deserved it. (laughs) (laughs) You're your biggest critic, so I'll let you handle that. That's probably true. (laughs) Dad, they love you. Thank you for teaching me to make the world a better place to live and uh, instilling those values in me from from day one. Thank you, Vanguard. No, we're no, not gonna no, 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 no,